0: I've been running after one thing, to find that part within,
1: that I measure up to something. I've got a lot of dreams, but I was told I wasn't practical. I couldn't measure up because of all my flaws, but I know the run is the only stepping stones.
0: Life's the art of embracing these things. Yeah. Corey Close, welcome to the Art of Podcast. It is such an honor and pleasure to have you on here. You're somebody who I consider a very good friend and someone who, literally, I look to for inspiration motivation mm-hmm. and I don't think there's ever been a time where you have been just like not on fire for what you do <laughs> you literally have more passion than anybody that I've been around what what type of coffee are you drinking what is it
1: <laughs> I'm sort of a boring coffee drinker but my th- this is my plug my riot healthy yeah. energy drink right here that's is. my new thing. I've replaced. I'm only one, down to one uh, cup of coffee a day. Thanks to my riots. But, wow. but you need to get some more friends. Wow. If I'm your source of information, you need to get some more friends, but our inspiration, I should say, but David, it is so good to be with you. Like I am like, uh, you never heard of balcony people, like the people that are hanging over the balcony <laughs> of your life going, you got this. <laughs> like David, I am doing that for you. I love what, how God's using you. I love Uh, just what you're doing with your book and how you and Taylor are partnering to impact people's lives. So I'm just really thrilled to be with you, but I am hanging over your balcony of life going, let's go, David. And uh, I'm so excited to be able to hang with you.
0: Thank you. And I need that. We need encouragers in our lives. So thank you for being that Mm -hmm. for me. Hopefully I can be that for you as well. So Corey, start us off with a bang. You are. Maybe something, a bang that maybe not everybody knows about you. They know you as this top-notch UCLA basketball coach, team USA, just a guru on the court. But what is something maybe a little bit different that not too many people know?
1: I love photography. So, uh, I just, I love to go take pictures. I love to capture moments. I love to, uh, create what I would call remember wins and being able to capture those on film. So photography is a passion of mine. Um, I, Love sushi, and I love to sit outside on my back deck every morning. Those are like three of, and hiking. I love those are some of my favorite things.
0: I love that. Okay, you your your view is amazing at any place. Know the view. But what if we do this next time we hang out? We have sushi, and we take epic photos of the sushi. Maybe order it to your place. There it is. The trifecta. I love combining it.
1: all those loves. We got to do it. Oh,
0: done and done. Okay, so <laughs> how did you? Or when is a better question did that moment click when you realize you know what god made me to coach this is my mm-hmm. calling this is my passion this is what i've been put on this earth to do
1: well i think honestly it's an evolving process i wish i could say there was this like right. hallelujah moment <laughs> where i thought okay i have heard the voice of god and he has right, said right, right. coach cory close that's you but that, that's not true but i you know what I had is I had great role modeling growing up, David, that um, about the power of using sport to impact people's lives. And my dad did that as a coach. And then he really emphasized that in his uh, work with the organization called Young Life. And so I saw that as just a part of how our family, the vibe of our family, that we just used sport to uh, enter into people's lives and to journey with them. And so I saw that from that perspective. And then Um, I had the opportunity to play division one basketball and then I got an opportunity to coach right out of college. It's ridiculous. The opportunities I've gotten to have, but I just started to think like, what else could I choose? Um, The average division one basketball player spends over 3,500 hours in their sport over four years, 3,500 hours, name a youth pastor, name a professor, name a friend that will spend 3,500 hours with them. So I just don't think that you can, pick something that's going to be more impactful from that perspective. So I think, you know, what I try to do is say, God, am I in your, am I in the right spot right now? You know, what, is this where you have me? And uh, I think so far I'm 29 years in, um, the answers continued to be yes. And so I think I just want to continue to be in that sweet spot of saying, is this what you have for me right now?
0: You know what though? I, I love, how much you live it. And I've been around you and the team and, and mm. you, you're you bringing people together. If anybody's struggling, you're bringing them in. You're having team dinners. You're praying before games. Like you care more than just what the on-court output is. And that's very rare. It's very rare to be a coach who, of course you have to, I mean, win games and you have to develop talent, but, but yeah. developing character. When was the moment that you were like, Cause that's a tough thing to do. It's tough to do both. Let's talk about like yeah. how you realized how important this was, and then we'll go into into certain tools and tactics that you use.
1: Well, I mean, the the, the moment I realized that the, at the highest levels, like I think I've used, I've had the really unbelievable uh privilege. I played for a coach who got that. Mm. It, everything yeah. the way he coached was based on Covey's books, Habits uh, of Excellence, right? Yeah. And he used to always, in the middle of practice, you'd stop and be like, okay, what about when your kid has been sick and you've been, you know, up all night with your kids? Are you going to go into your presentation the next day and just go, I don't feel like it, you know? Or he would say, well, what about when you're a doctor, a lawyer, a mother, you know, is this, are these the habits that are going to help you? And so I had really unbelievable role modeling in that. And so, um, I think I didn't really know any other way. And I don't think there's very many people at this level that can say that they've never had it any other way, combining character and player development. And, you know, I just, um, in the end, I, I was around a national championship coach the day after they won. And I, they had just gotten done with the parade. And I said, oh my gosh, you've done it. I mean, epic. You, you know, won the national championship. You just had the parade. You were like, it doesn't get any better than this. And you know what he said? He goes, if I'm being really honest and candid, it's actually kind of shallow and lonely. Wow. And I realized at that moment, I realized that you know, you can climb the ladder of whatever life success looks like, but if your ladder is standing against the wrong well, mm. wrong, wrong wall, excuse me, it is shallow and lonely. And so I had the ultimate example in learning from Coach John Wooden. And he, um, I remember, you know, it never was about 10 national championships in 12 years. He like never talked about it. It like meant nothing, but you know, when his eyes really light up is when he talks about how maybe his players are different in other areas of their life, 10 years later, 15 years later. And he, I remember him saying to me, if you're ever a head coach, Corey, he says, um, remember you're not coaching people's jump shots. You're coaching people's hearts. But, you know, what happens is if you coach people's hearts pretty well, usually their jump shots aren't bad either. And, you know, and he just had this twinkle in his eyes because it was more important to impact their hearts and their lives and their habits than it was for them to to win games and to perform. And so he, he thought that was shallow and thought it was really he got just as much joy um, from teaching English. Um, As he did from winning a national championship in basketball. It was just the it was the avenue that he felt like he had the best opportunity to impact people's hearts. And when you get together with his alumni, I can tell story after story after story. None of them talk about winning the championships, but they all talk about the men they became because of the habits and the tutelage and the character they gained from playing for him.
0: You know that feeling when you are just recharged, you don't have any sickness, no ailments, you have full optimal energy, you are functioning at your highest level? You wanna recreate that? Yeah, sure, you do, I do, we all do. And then you can times it by 10. What I'm about to tell you is going to blow your mind. So hold on here, this this is real. Hyperbaric chamber, if you don't know what it is, look it up right now, look up Elevate Health e-l-e-v-e health.com it's an oxygen miracle what it is hbot the hyperbaric chamber it's a simple and non-invasive therapy where you go into this it places a body in a pressurized environment that allows extra oxygen to dissolve in the blood plasma and travel freely throughout your circulatory system getting more red blood cells flowing naturally to the body's function. It's going to help you kill off any harmful bacteria. It's going to help you detox, increase your oxygen concentration, resist and fight infection, heal wounds faster, improve oxygen supply, reduce swelling, stop infection, lower inflammation, all while you're relaxing in the chamber. I I, I kid you not, this is what the pros, the top Olympic athletes, what everybody uses for the highest optimization recovery. This is called Hyperbaric Chamber HBOT from Eleve Health, E-L-E-V-E health.com. Message me separately too if you want to get a specific deal on this. Check it out as you're a sports team, if you're an individual, if you're just somebody who loves optimization, it will be an absolute life changer for you. Isn't that impressive when you put more emphasis on the person, rather you do the, the results and the accolades? I mean, you have more joy. You, you, John, Wooden, you don't get any better than that. And he's finding his joy no. in how he develops character long term. And what's what's interesting is you put me and John Gordon, who's become one of my closest friends and biggest game changers in my life, together. You put us together. I was with him a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about his lacrosse coach who had a massive impact on his life. And how mm-hmm. all he told was stories after lacrosse he'd come and show up for him mm-hmm. he'd be there for them when i come to games and when i see the ucla women's basketball program it's always people are coming back you're always in their lives afterwards mm-hmm. i think that is what you do that's some magic that you have that the best coaches have is they mm-hmm. impact lives not just not just playing careers but lives and I just kind of commend you. I just wanted to commend you. Well, look
1: that. at look at what Jay Wright, um, you know, him stepping down's made me really think about his legacy. And when you talk about every one of his players, they talk about player development. He's one of the best in the country, but that his culture word is attitude. Everything comes back to choosing their attitude, and that's what all their guys have been talking about. Is that yes? Uh, so thrilled about the national championships that we won at Villanova. So thrilled about um, The player development and getting a chance to play in the W in the NBA, excuse me, Um, but all of that comp- pales in comparison to the attitude because they know that that is going to cross over into every area of their life, their marriages, their jobs, their whatever else they try to do. And so, you know, I think just everything else, I'm as competitive as you're going to find. I mean, I don't yeah, care if it's, it's true. ping pong in my backyard <laughs> after our sushi um date coming up or whatever, I'm going to want to win. But in the end. Um, I, deep down, I know that um, if I'm not doing it, um, you know, to impact people, it's, it's uh, very shallow. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for me Mm -hmm. and my faith, um, it's about, you know, having a kingdom mindset that if this isn't something that counts for the kingdom, why am I doing it? And that doesn't mean that everyone around me has to agree with me. It means I love everybody and I love people really, really well, even from really different backgrounds And maybe even people that disagree with me, but um, if I'm going to have a kingdom mindset and be a kingdom coach, that's exactly what's required of me. Mm, mm.
0: And and I want to touch on that point before I want to get to the the John Wooden story and how you met him. I think it's an incredible story, but let's talk on Mm -hmm. the kingdom mindset coaching and how faith has had an impact on your coaching. Cause most people will see like, well, if, if, have faith and they believe in Jesus, they're probably kind of soft. Corey, you are anything but soft. You are intense <laughs> and competitive in the best way. Can you talk on how, how faith has really impacted the way that you coach?
1: Well, I think, you know, I think that's a false narrative that you have to be soft or, yeah. Um, that you know if you love Jesus then you're just like having tea parties on the side and let's just have kumbaya and you know like just celebrate everybody I think so, that's actually the opposite of what I've gained from the more i ha- i develop my personal relationship with Jesus Christ the more uh, I'm a person of gratitude the more fiercely I pursue excellence um, the more um you know passionate I am you know he says in the Bible run the race that you might win and you know and it's not But it's not for the the glory of the moment. It's for an eternal glory that far outweighs it all. And, you know, I just think I I want God to say to me, uh, well done, good and faithful servant when I stand before him. And it's going to be about, yes, how I loved people well, about my empathy for others. But it's also going to be about uh, stewarding the gifts that he's given me. And it's going to be about, um, you know, passionate uh, pursuit of excellence and, uh, it holding people to the highest of standards and calling people up into their own greatness and calling and so I don't think there's anything soft about that. I think that actually it's the more the deeper I go with Jesus the more um competitive I get and the more not competitive like I get better and someone else gets down but like getting as close as I can to my potential um, living is, is deep a purpose in, in my level of excellence and, and pursuit of greatness, not greatness for my own glory, um, but greatness in terms of stewarding the gifts that God so generously has given and bestowed on me. And so, you know, I think that that's, it's just a, um, I just think it's really false. I think it's about a lot of humans um, making assumptions. But when you really study the life of Jesus, uh, he's anything but soft.
0: Amazing preach that let's listen to that one back again multiple multiple times love that and you hit on a word potential that's thrown around so much in society and sports and what potential actually is is just becoming the person that god made you to be and that is not average and that is not soft and that is being a a warrior and a competitor and i I love that answer you flip it on Mm -hmm. flip the script so good okay let's get to the story where you met john wooden and just kind of like just yeah go ahead it's it's beautiful you tell it much better (laughs)
1: well you don't build it up I'm going to disappoint people (laughs) with the story um I think that you know I was this scared uh 23 year old and I was a restricted earnings coach at UCLA which means that we worked full-time um and but we only got paid $16,000 and it was meant to turn people over and create an entry-level position well I was the restricted earnings coach on the women's basketball side and Steve Lavin was the uh, coach on the men's side. And he, I, I used to hear about him going to Coach Wooden's on uh, Tuesday nights. And I was like, well, in passing, I was like, I want to go with you sometime, Steve. And I really didn't think, you know, I thought it would take me a year of begging for him to actually take me sometime. But sure enough, November, my first year at UCLA, 1990, November of 93. And I'm like, okay, he comes to me, he goes, we're going tonight. And I go, I'm in my sweats. I can't do that. I'm like nervous. I have to prepare Steve. And he's like, Nope, we're going. He goes, I've already got three other, uh, you know, boys coaches going with me. We're going to dinner first and then we're going to his house and we're leaving at this time. And you're going to be in the car. And I was like, Oh crap. Okay. So I am like literally sweating nervous. Um, and I'm walking in and, and you know, coach wouldn't in this very humble apartment in Encino and, you go into the garage, and first of all, you pull up, and you go down into this garage, and you only get in because he comes out on his balcony, and he waved to him, and then he lets you in, and then you go to the elevator, and you go up to this hallway, and then he sort of scoots out into the hallway, and he says, come over this way, and you go into there, but I was so nervous. I mean, literally, my team teases me I sweat through my pits anyway. I had the biggest <laughs> sweat rings all underneath my arms, because I was so nervous, and I was the only woman. And so there were these four coaches, including Steve, and they were out ahead of me. And I was just sort of shrinking back and he just looked past and he could see I was the only woman. And he was, he was very honoring to women and always. And he also really honored the women's game and he loved the, uh, the teamwork and he was really into that, but he looked on the other side and he said, who are you? And I was like, Corey. And like Corey had like 10 syllables cause I could barely stutter it out. And I said, um, he goes, how do you spell that? And I said, C O R I. And he goes, you come with me. And he goes, just like this. And I walk up and he takes me into the hallway of his apartment and to the left. And then into this little room, this den, which is recreated here at UCLA in the hall of fame. And right on the ground was this little stool. And he said, you're the first person that ever spelled it. Like my great granddaughter, Corey and C O R I, he goes, you come right in. I was like, Oh crap. If I had spelled it E Y, I never would have made it through the door. Um, you know, but then we, I went back there every other Tuesday um, for about 15 years. Even wow. when I went to UC Santa Barbara, I would make that a priority to drive down from Santa Barbara to Encino just to keep that relationship going. Even when I went to Florida State, I would organize my uh, trips back so that I could go through and see him. And he was just so encouraging. Uh, he was always a phone call away. He returned every call. He took every appointment. He returned every note. I mean, he is incredible that way. Um, but you know, it's interesting. Let me fast forward. And that, that started our relationship, but let me fast forward to the fourth day on the job as the head coach at UCLA. And this will bring what you said earlier back and his impact. But, um, I walk in and they said, Hey, you need to meet with this guy, John Valley. He runs dribble for the cure. And I was like, okay, whatever. And I, but I didn't know John Valley and I'd met a lot of Coach Wooden's, um, you know, alumni before. And he comes in, he barely introduces himself and he sits down across from me and he said, I've been married 38 years because of what Coach Wooden taught me. I've started three successful businesses because of what Coach Wooden taught me. I conquered cancer three times because of the strength Coach Wooden gave me. Then it gets even worse or better, depending on how you look at it. He said, I survived the death of my 12 year old daughter, Erin, because of the way Coach Wooden loved me. And then he pretty much went on to say, see you at Dribble for the Cure. Talk to you soon. Welcome back to the family. And he walks out and I run over to my computer. I go, I gotta look this guy up. I look him up and he didn't even mention that he was the starting guard on two of Coach Wooden's national championship teams. And he played seven years in the NBA because it paled in comparison to the man he became. So when I walked into that hallway that day and he called me up and said, Corey, you're just like my great granddaughter. And then he continued to come back that's, that's really what um, made my vision come to life, is that that's what I want. I want to create as many John Valley stories as I can. Yes, we want to raise banners in Poly Pavilion. Yes, we want to put those rings, championship rings, on our players' um, fingers. But the reality is we want um, them to be much more concerned about who they're becoming and who they're impacting, because those are the only two things that will stay with them for the rest of their lives. Banners hang in gyms. Rings collect dust. But who you become and who you impact, nobody takes away. It stays with you forever. And so that's really my mission. And that's what I gained from my time with Coach Wooden is that it really isn't uh, about the banners or the jump shots or the outcomes. It's about having as many people that I have a chance to supervise feel about their experience the way John Valley did.
0: I wish every coach could come listen to you. I I literally would love to set up, (laughs) hey, let's do a coaching talk. You'd be phenomenal on stage as a speaker, by the way. You would really would. Well, thank
1: you. Set up a talk.
0: Every coaching comes and and listens to that. You are a, uh, I mean, a living, breathing, like every single day, John Wooden in the flesh. And to be able to carry that out is amazing. (sighs) You know that feeling you get when you just wake up and you are not rested or recharged? Yeah, we all have it. We all go through it. How do I wake up with full energy every single day? It is literally the game changer itself chilly sleep i have an uler that goes underneath my mattress and cools my body temperature to the ideal temperature to get deep sleep rem high hrv scores Now i have mine pretty cold about 57 degrees the optimal level is between 57 and 65 degrees i have a weighted blanket which is cools my body and i'm just sleeping in restorative sleep so when i wake up in the morning no matter how many hours i get I am juiced up and ready to go. And lucky for you, you can wake up the same way. The people at Chili Sleep are giving you a discount, giving you a code. So go to chilitechnology.com forward slash pages forward slash David Nurse to get your special discount pricing there. Remember, that is chilitechnology.com forward slash pages forward slash David Nurse. Or just click the link below and it'll take you right there. It's sleep like a polar bear tonight. Get the best night's sleep of your life. Chilly sleep.
1: But here's the deal, um, David, and you know this, is that um, you know what I've had to learn since I've become, um, you know, really a kingdom mindset coach is Mm -hmm. I have to ask for forgiveness. Because you know what? We're all hypocrites at differing levels. Um, I don't perfectly live out this consistently. And you know what? Sometimes I just, I fail. And, you know, part of you talk about wanting to follow Jesus, it's called um, being humble enough to say, I was wrong, and I need your forgiveness. And now I'm going to get back to it. Uh, even dealing with a coach of a predominantly women of color, and from really different backgrounds, what we've just gone through to be like, hey, what does it look like to love and lead you well? And where are my blind spots? And so I really appreciate you saying that. And I like to think that I'm really purposeful in the way that I do my job. But you know, if I'm being honest, yep. I mess up a lot. Yep. And, um, the reality is the posture of my heart has to be like, okay, um, will you be a truth teller in my life? My players are like truth tellers in my life and my staff are truth tellers in my life. And, um, and I need those. Um, they're also encouragers like we talked about earlier, but the reality is, is that, um, you know, it's, it, we get a lot of, we get a lot of strokes and the people that know us in the everyday um, I need them to be honest about what they see, where they see my inconsistencies because I'm not always as consistent as I want to be.
0: Oh, so true. And it, it's funny you point on that because I wanted to tell that story. The first time that, that we were together and we're doing the player development consulting, I'm sitting in the meeting with you and the staff and, and I'm expecting it to be like most coaches that have been around with the staff is just going to say, Hey, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Head coach. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure. Just be the yes, man. And you said something and your staff just plain called you out. And instead of battling back, you're like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. Thanks. Like the ability to have truth tellers in our lives. Yeah. Unbelievable. So Wow. So, so it, it, it's what I call like the best people do. They have they have support teams and challenge teams, people that will challenge you and support mm-hmm. you. And that's what the best leaders do. And I think you, and the last point I want to touch on before we start winding down here is. It is the word empowerment in what you do in players where you're talking about like, mm-hmm. oh, how can I best coach you or I've seen this? You're like, OK, how can I set you up in the best situation? Empowerment. And accepting and being accepted is what most people want to feel. Is there anything that you do in specifically as a coach just to make sure that everybody feels empowered in who they are?
1: Well, I think, you know, there's a few things, but one is, you know, I think being really, um, Shannon always tells me that uh, clarity is kind and that you have to be very clear in what you expect and what people's roles are, and then you got to catch them doing it right. Ooh. I think a lot of coaches okay. um, and a lot of leaders in general, I think, in, just in life, is that um, we tend to try to do too much, and we are vague in our mission and our values and our expectations. And I think that if you want to empower someone, give them clarity of vision. Give them you know, exactly what you expect, and then catch them doing it right and celebrate what you want to see more of. And I, we try to do that in our, we, we start every staff meeting, um, reviewing what our mission is. And then we count the victories of how we're seeing that even today, right after workouts, it was so funny. Um, Atonia Yingafa, who's been an eight year professional now, she played in the Olympics last year. Um, she's a great player continuing to play at a very, very high level. And, um, and, uh, she, I said, what wisdom would you leave with the team? And she says, you know, um, all the mental training stuff you're doing, um, all the journaling, uh, learning how to coach yourself, uh, not being motivated by fear, but being um, embracing discipline, uh, getting to the edge. We talk about it all the time. The edge is when your talent runs out and you have to develop the discipline and the mm. skill to actually reach your potential. And she said all those things. She goes, Believe me, when she said, when Coach Corey first came, I was not drinking the Coach Corey Kool Aid, she said. <laughs> and uh, she's like, I was not feeling it. She says, But um, I have been doing those habits for my eight years as a pro now. And now there's nothing I value more. And that has to do with empowering. It's not, I'm not doing that in her life. She's doing it in her life. And I think, you know, I have parents all the time that say to me, or, um, I just need you to give her more confidence. Give give them more confidence. I said, that doesn't happen that way. I need to teach, mentor, and equip so that your daughter can earn more confidence by conquering hard things. And I think that that's a, that's a fallacy that I can give that to someone. Are you kidding me? There'd be, I'd won 10 national championships by now if I could give that to somebody. But to, if you can empower, if you can teach, if you can add to their toolbox and equip them to be able to move forward and coach themselves, teach themselves, just like you talk about in your books, David. And, um, you know, I think if we want breakthroughs, like, right. Um, you know, no one gives you breakthroughs, you got to earn them. And, you know, I think that those are things that I think are really, really important, but I think clarity of vision, I think celebrating what you want to see more of catching people doing it right. Um, have clear boundaries. Um, and I think, you know, empowering them to me means giving them tools mentorship meaning coming alongside them in the trenches with them um like you said a support and challenge team i think is huge and you know now all of a sudden they the best compliment you can give a leader is the leader leaves and the organization runs better totally. and because that leader empowered the people around them it wasn't about the personality charisma of the leader it was about the tools, expectations, organizational structure that that leader puts into place, so that when they leave, it runs actually better than when they were there. And so I think that's really what you want for your players, right? Is that they're 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 learning to lead themselves. They're learning to coach themselves. They're learning to um, change their habits by the way that they internally um, the skills that you've been able to give them from the inside out. So that's what we're trying to do. Wow.
0: That's why I love you. That's why the best that there is, I asked you a question on what empowerment means. And you give me like six, just actionable item tools <laughs> to be able to use the edge. Like I'm taking copious notes over here. Wow. I
1: cool. stole all that stuff, you know, from other people. So, you know, but, um, those are all things that other people have. So, you know, what's really interesting too, and I'll leave this to you because the edge is from Tim and Brian kite. Um, what I'm about to say is from Colin Henderson. You know, it takes what Colin. it takes. I've been really deeply influenced yeah. by Trevor Moab, so all this stuff I've stolen for other people. So give credit where credits due. Hey, I've stolen from you. I've already quoted <laughs> it back in this podcast. Um, but I think that um, you know, one of the things that's really important about empowerment is that we never outperform our self-image. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Colin talks to our team about that. What you believe about yourself. Um, you will never go higher than that. And so I think giving them the tools to believe more deeply. And, you know, that I just showed a video to the team today about earning credibility with yourself, following through with what you say you're going to do today, the next action, whether it be making your bed, whether it be writing someone else a note of encouragement, but that the words you tell yourself are really, really important. So and so I want to empower, and, you know, John's shared this story with both of us. I want to empower our players and my staff to talk to themselves rather than listen to themselves Mm. and we all have an inner voice and just because your inner voice says something doesn't mean you have to believe it and you can speak truth to those lies but if we don't learn to talk to ourselves we will end up listening to ourselves and not to decide is to decide you have to pre-decide that you're going to live that way and you got to work at it just like your ball handling or your defense and uh, and i think if you're going to be an empowered leader you're going to be an empowered athlete. You're going to be an empowered husband or, or spouse. Um, that bottom line is you have to be uh, somebody who learns to talk to yourself rather than listen to yourself because the lies are real and they keep on coming. Man,
0: this is the most impactful 26 minutes on this podcast. And like that's, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. That type of passion oozes out of you. I know you've been doing workouts. You've got all of mm-hmm. this going on. And you come on here and you absolutely bring it. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So, Hey, how can we follow all you guys are doing? How can we support the team, support any missions that you guys have, whether it's dribble for the cure, anything else, give us a way that we can just follow and support.
1: Well, uh, just if you follow me on social media, coach Corey close, um, I think that's uh, on Instagram, Twitter. um, I think that's, I really want to have an impact and we share Drills, you know, leadership and organizational culture are probably two of my biggest passions um, besides my faith and um, just being able to share. um, I think, you know, in this day, and I'll be real practical about this, and I appreciate you asking, uh, in this day and age where NIL is coming into the play of of women's basketball, and actually women's basketball is the um, second largest um, activation in NIL next to football, um, even ahead of men's basketball right now, is if people just – if I, We try to encourage our players to not just go for likes and monetization and all this other stuff, but to what, what do you want your service legacy to be? What do you want sure. your impact to be? What do you want your purpose to be? What's your message going to be? And what is it going to really do for somebody else? And um, and so I really, if, if people ask me, how can we encourage or support, um, you know, comment on their stuff, comment on their character, comment yeah. on what they're showing, comment on their impact. Yes, it will help them from an engagement perspective, but um, more than anything, it's also reinforcing uh, their why behind what they're doing so they don't get swept up by some of the other things that are much more shallow and short-lived.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Use social media for impact. Yeah, people don't look at it that way. It's another mindset shift. All right, Corey, last question. We will let you off here. We'll drop the mic and end it on this. Like we ask everybody on the Art of Podcast, if you could give one piece of advice, it can be a one word. It can be a phrase to somebody who feels stuck in their situation. They just feel stuck. Life is bleak. They don't know how to get out of it. Could you give them one piece of advice that they can lean on so they can pivot, go towards their breakthrough? Yeah.
1: Pivot and go towards their breakthrough. <laughs> nice job working that in, David. I like it. Good job. Um, it. I think the uh, thing I would say is um, is the biggest thing from my perspective is, um, you know, one, what's the next right step? I am a big picture person. And so sometimes when I feel stuck, um, it feels too big. Like I can't change the whole big picture right now. I can't change the whole mission right now. So it paralyzes me. I listened to a great uh, great podcast by Craig Groeschel and he talks about new habits. And he talked about how, let's say, and I wanna be a better reader this year. Um, and so, and don't say I'm gonna read a book a month or a book a week. I, you know what I'm doing right now is I'm reading five pages a day. That's it, five pages. And then as you start small, then you're able, okay. I can do that. Maybe after that becomes a habit, then I can go to 10 and then I can, you know, pivot to something else. But, yep. um, I think the biggest thing in, in my own life is that I know I'm not even going to use the whole 1% better kind of thing because it's so cliche, but, um, you know, if you can just pause, gain a little clarity and ask yourself, well, what's my next right step? Don't worry about the next five right steps. Don't worry about tomorrow. Um, But for me, that's been really helpful. And so if I can pause and I'm a go getter, you can tell probably how fast I talk. Um, But that really helps me because a lot of times we make mistakes or we get stuck because we just get so overwhelmed because we don't stop long enough to say, what's my next right step here? What does my family need from me right now? what does my job need from me right now for even in the midst of uh, this great story. And and sorry, I, now I've gone over your 26 minutes, but Good, um, we were at, playing at the university of Oregon and it was a really tight game and we we're both top 10 programs. And uh, I remember Lindsay Cassaro, I'm coming into the huddle and she's got everybody in front of her. And she just says right now, everybody answer me. What does this team need from you right now? And it really is just about getting back to neutral. I think, we talk about a lot about being positive and not negative, but just get back to neutral and go, all right, what does this situation require of me right now? And if we can pause long enough to have that conversation with ourselves, we're probably gonna be able to make that just one simple next step that's gonna lead us. Like I've been struggling, okay, with my weight since the pandemic. i've've I've been working out, but not been great. but you know what happens so much of the time, I break my sort of, good, healthy, clean living. And I have one chocolate chip cookie. And then I go, oh, screw it. I've already broken it. I'll have 10 chocolate chip cookies, you know? And um, instead of just going, no, I just made a mistake. I made a mistake with one chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. My my choice needs to be, no, I don't need to have 10. I need to go, no, all right, I made a mistake. I, I got off that. My next right step is to drink eight ounces of water, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just think We make things when we get stuck and paralyzed, we're usually thinking too big and we just need to pause long enough and think what's my next right step.
0: Phenomenal. The road to success is never straight. You're off the next right step. Corey close. You are amazing. Thank you so much for your time coming on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Super appreciate you.
1: Well, I love you, my brother, and I believe in you. And uh, may God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. And just know that I'm in the trenches with you and hanging over your balcony going, let's go get this thing.
0: And I will see you for sushi soon. Thanks, Corey.
1: Done.